Hello and welcome to the Lock on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a review, leave a rating. I would uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by Brandon Cameron. b What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How's it going, my man? I'm <laughs> uh, doing well, doing well. You ready for some Leafs talk? Yeah, what a great time to talk about the Leafs going into the conference finals, going into the <laughs> cup finals. Let's go Leafs! Exactly. Dude, this is Toronto. That's all we do is talk Leafs hockey. doesn't matter what else is going on. The hockey world revolves around the Leafs. Don't you know this by now? What are you, new? Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> Buddy, you know better than anybody that I'm the, <laughs> I'm the most conceited Leafs fan of all time. Exactly. I make everything about the Leafs. <laughs> exactly. So we are actually going to touch on the Leafs a little bit today. Um we come up with a couple of creative ways that the Leafs can take advantage of cap teams this offseason. So we've both kind of put our minds together and thought of a couple of things uh, for the Leafs to take advantage this offseason. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about what's going on in the playoffs. Because uh, all joking aside, uh, you know, as much as we want to just sit here and, and talk about the offseason and the Leafs and what's next, there actually is some hockey being played right now believe it or not uh we got the conference finals we're so close to stanley cup and really what i kind of want to ask you is is this like the weirdest feeling you have about a stanley cup conference final ever like i just feel like there's there's zero zero hype around this and i don't know if it's because of the teams that are left because of, you know, COVID, because the NFL starting back up and it's kind of taking away from it. You got the NBA playoffs that are that are going through it as well. The, the, the Jays are on a nice playoff run. Like there's just so much going on right now that's taking away from the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I just feel like the allure hasn't been there all series long. And we could be just a few days away from the cup final. Yeah, well, what I actually think it is is just, like, I haven't, like, noticed a lot of series that were, like, really tight series. <laughs> like, a lot of the games that have been played are just kind of been, like, pretty lopsided games. Like, there's been a lot of five-game series, a lot of six-game series. And, like, not the, the only real seven-gamers, like, the, only, the closest series was the Leafs-Columbus series. Like, that's the tightest series the entire playoffs. Yeah, I mean – I. I enjoyed watching the Canucks, both the Canucks series. I thought that the one against the Blues as well as the one against uh, Vegas was very entertaining. I enjoyed watching that one. I thought that um, the Tampa and Columbus series was pretty good as well, just because you had that thrilling overtime victory. But, you know, we haven't really seen that. Still only five games, though. Yeah, I, well, yeah, it was, but but still, I I just yeah, I, I don't I can't put my finger on it why it just hasn't felt like the greatest playoffs. Could it be because there's no big teams left? Like you sit there, Dallas, not a big market. Vegas, I mean, they're new and exciting, but like not a huge market. The Islanders, you know, who saw that coming? What a you know flair do they have? And then you've got Tampa, who is a team who people expected to be here. Um, there's just no great storylines, I feel. Yeah, and I think that's probably just partly, too, like a little bit of the Milwaukee Bucks syndrome, too. Like maybe they just – maybe the bubble just isn't for everybody. Like the bubble isn't like the most entertaining thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. I like realistically, it's it's honestly not. There's no fans. There's no 
actual atmosphere. Like, I guess the players like do have, there is some, there is some spark in there. So I'm not saying like the hockey's bad. It's just like, it's not really the same. <laughs> no, and, like, and there's just no way to mimic it. Today on on uh, on Overdrive, we had Mark Giordano, captain of the Flames, on uh, on the station, and he was talking about how it is weird. Like it is a little different, and, and you wouldn't realize it, but you know the atmosphere isn't the same. And I know that uh, in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers was kind of asked about what it was like playing without fans, and he said it was weird. Like it was one of the strangest things that that he's ever played through since coming into the NFL. And what I thought was interesting is somebody said he can't really tell if you make a good play or a good play is made or a bad play is made because usually, you know, the fans, they, they let you hear it. Whether it's good or bad, they let you know when uh, when you make a play. And when it's not there, it's kind of just like, meh. And even Bill Belichick, he was asked, oh, well, what was it like? Uh, is there anything in your NFL career that you could kind of uh, liken it to that you've been through? And he's like, practice. And it's true. It's kind of like <laughs> practice, right? No fans, no atmosphere. It's just like really intense practices against a different team. Kind of, I guess, like scrimmages or or whatnot. But uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's talk about these series as a whole, as opposed to just complaining about the hockey that we get to watch. Because we did go months without it, where we really wanted it and missed it. And now it's here, and we've sat here and complained for the last couple of minutes. But <laughs> So let's just talk about these series right now um, as they stand. So we are currently recording this, and it's just as, uh, what are we, through one period, through Game 5 of the Western Final between Dallas and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And Vegas holding on to their lives um dallas up 3-1 i don't think many people saw this coming where do you sit with this so far yeah i didn't see it coming either i i, I was pretty high in vegas to be honest like i i think they're like a really really deep team like i i'd even argue like their their forward group is probably even deeper than tampa's like like their their top three lines like everyone can score on yeah, vegas and i was argument. like i was they honestly are like they're really really good I'm, I was very surprised by the way Dallas handled himself, but like it's also very impressive. And Miro Heiskanen in particular, like, wow. Oh, if they <laughs> like, go I, on, I don't know. If they go on to win the cup, like he's he's got to be the the Conn Smythe favorite, right? At this point, Hammer Ben, but I, I would take I would take Heiskanen. What's he playing? Twenty five, thirty minutes of a game? Yeah, exactly. And he's like unbelievable. I think he's got like nearly. 20 something points in the playoffs as a defenseman yeah i know like he's averaging Unbelievable. over a point per game as a defenseman in the playoffs it's insane like he's he truly is playing out of his mind and i know all the all the conversation has gone to quinn hughes and and kale mccarr this year and even rossmus Dahlin over the past couple of seasons but man miro heiskanen deserves to be in that conversation with those guys and honestly the way he's playing right now i i may have to give him the go-ahead if I'm ranking them one, two, and three, Heiskin, it may come out as number one. Honestly, same here, man. Like, I, I I, think he might be number one right now. To be fair, he's a year ahead in development of the other guys, and Delene hasn't really developed the way that everyone has really – he hasn't developed it as fast as people expected, I would say. But I think he, uh, right now, Heiskin, for sure, tops the list. Was it Heiskin and McCarr were in the same draft, weren't they? Uh... Or was Heiskanen in the... I think Heiskanen was the year before. Heischer. He Heiskanen was the Matthias draft. No. Heischer. Are you sure? I'm... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Heischer. Who was yeah, third in the so Matthias the same draft? draft. Oh, Dubois. He, he went Dubois, right... was, Dubois was third. Yeah, he went draft. right ahead of Makar. Heiskanen went right before Makar. Oh. But regardless, I mean, still, I, I think your point stands where 
Um, Heiskanen, it, it seems like he is kind of taking a step, and he's, his game is is getting there. Um, not to say that McCarr and Hughes are also not there yet. They both are. They're three of the top defensemen in the league, and already at such a young age, year one and two, uh, it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, do you think that Dallas, if they do go on to to defeat the Vegas Golden Knights and if they go on into the Stanley Cup final, whether they play Tampa or if the Islanders come back, do they stand a, a chance here? Like, what's what's your feeling on them going forward if they can get through? Yeah, well, I kind of I kind of get a similar vibe from Dallas that I did from like Washington and even St. Louis last year. Like the last couple of Cup winners, like I'm getting a similar vibe from them, where like they kind of underachieved for a long time, never really had any success in the playoffs, never really did anything, and then they just kind of managed to get over one little hump, which I think for Dallas was making it to the conference final, and then. Uh, Usually when teams do get over that, that hump, they usually win. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, if Dallas makes it, I think I'm actually pretty high on Dallas. If you go back to a podcast that I recorded this summer, and we may have actually done it together now that I think about it. It was like after Free Agent Frenzy and talking about who I think were kind of the winners of Free Agency. I had the Dallas the Dallas Stars up there because they added Andre Sakara, They added Corey Perry. They added Joe Pavelski. And I thought that... They added some really solid veterans and really rounded out the depth of that team. And it didn't quite show up as much as you would think during the regular season, but here you are in the playoffs. And all three of those guys play a playoffs-style game, and that depth is really being shown here. And I like what I've seen out of them, and it's turned into success, which is always what you want to see um, with your big off-season additions. Uh, let's transition a little bit and get into the East final here. Tampa Bay up 3-1 on the New York Islanders. Uh, are you surprised at all by this, or is this something that you kind of expected? I think the Islanders have surprised a lot by by getting all the way into the conference final, and I think there is a conversation to be had that, look, the way that they play, they're going to play Tampa hard and limit scoring opportunities and keep it, keep it close and maybe have a chance to win. But Tampa has really, really opened this team up and, and have kind of been scoring at will. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't really think the Islanders really had a shot, <laughs> to be honest. Tampa's a Tampa's a really good team. Like Tampa's just a really, really good team. They have a better goalie than the Islanders. They have better defense than they the have Islanders. Better they have everything. better forwards than the Islanders. Like I, the Islanders are pretty much overmatched here, and I really don't see a way that the Islanders can get out of this hole. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. I think the the Tampa Bay Lightning are the best team left in the. In the NHL, I think they're the best team in the NHL, and, and I don't think it's a surprise that they've made it this far. And I would not be surprised if they go on to, to lift uh, lift the mug at the end of the year. I really do think that this team is that good, and they could end up doing that. And I don't see the Islanders as a big threat, and obviously they're up 3-1 heading into Game 5 tomorrow. Um, so I, I doubt that that is going to end up being uh, uh, an obstacle, even if they do lose that Game 5 game and have to play a Game 6. I think it's a no doubt at this team. And the the quality a level of play that Braden Point is playing right oh. now is absolutely amazing. We talk about oh. Heiskanen being the guy that's really rolling the bus along for Dallas. Braden Point's the guy who is getting it done here for Tampa. And if they go on to win the Cup, he's got to be number one on the MVP candidates list, no? Oh, he's an absolute lock. <laughs> like, an absolute lock i've been pretty high on Braden point for a long time 
Like I, I at one point last year, like even before Kucherov like won the heart, I I claimed Braden Point was the best player on Tampa. It was a little bit of a hot take, but <laughs> like I just love the way Braden Point plays, man. Like he is such a great player. Just he's so so for a little guy, he's like so gritty. It's awesome. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, totally agree. I've been I've been high on him, and it kind of begs the question. That's kind of been filtering through some minds a little bit here, and that's whether or not he's going to be able to push out the captain, Steven Stamkos, right? Like the guy's been injured now for for a long for a while. He hasn't played yet in the playoffs, and he's had a lot of injuries so far uh, over his you know the last few years of his career. And now the question is like, if Braden Point is your guy. And this is a team who's going to be up against it for the cap anyways. And we'll talk about, you know, teams who are going to be up against the cap and how the Leafs can maneuver it and try and take advantage of said teams. And Tampa might be one of them that they could take advantage of. Um, you know, I feel like maybe moving on from Stamkos and getting something in return for him may be in the cards, especially if they go on and prove that they don't need him to win, which is a strong possibility, I think, at this point. Yeah, well, Elliot Friedman today said that Stamkos was, like, practicing, but, like, he's still not even close. So, like, if you're still not even close and you're about to go into the cup final, I really don't think there's a chance he plays, right? It's just, it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards. Probably not. And um, I spoke to uh, I spoke to Dr. Aubrey Green, who I do a, a podcast with. So, yes, we speak quite often. But, uh, you know, we were speaking, and basically he said to me, he's like, I don't see – uh Stamkos coming back like if they're already ruling him out for this series like the odds of him being ready to go uh are, are gonna be very slim to none and so I, I don't see him coming back either uh based on on that information that I got and if that's the case they go on to win without him I mean that's a big cap hit that you can literally afford to move out Right. So we'll see what happens there. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's take a quick break here. And then when we come back, let's talk about some creative ways that the Leafs can take advantage of some of the teams who have put a little internal cap onto their team uh, infrastructure this season. So we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll chat about that. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, oh, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash slash XXX and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. 
You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone's craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings food for your craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you eat, when you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite local national restaurants, like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your first zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Uh, Mike DiStefano, your host of the program, being joined by Brandon Cameron. So what we're chatting about right now, we're going to talk about some creative ways that the Leafs can take advantage of cap teams this offseason. I think that there's a couple here. You've thought of one that you think is interesting. Um, I actually just thought of another one, too. Oh. I thought of another pretty good one. All right. Well, <laughs> tell, let's, let's, let's just get to it then. Let's get right to it. Let's start talking about it. And tell me the one that just popped into your head because I'm really yeah, intrigued uh, to hear what that could possibly be if it just popped into your head. Yeah, it just popped into my head, and it was because we were talking about the Islanders, but I think the Leafs could could potentially offer sheet a guy like Ryan Pulak. Hmm, interesting. I think the Leafs, there's a real shot they could offer sheet a defenseman like him because the Islanders are in some serious cap trouble. They have to sign Barzell and Pulak, and I, I, there's no way they can sign both those guys to, to the money that they're going to command. Like, there's just no way. I actually really, really love that idea, and and, and <laughs> that was not on my list. And why it wasn't on my list, I'm kind of ashamed of it, to be quite honest with you. But, man, wouldn't that—I think not even Ryan Pulak, but, like, any of these UFAs or, or RFAs, they have a chance to sign. And, you know, if you look at what happened last season, uh, there's a couple of teams that— you know, or, or what was it? It was Sebastian Ajo that had his contract that ended up getting uh, offer sheeted. And think about if that was this year. Do you think Carolina would have been open to signing that offer sheet? Maybe not. Like, if they can just give up that price tag and get picks in return, that might be they may have been willing to try and do that just to cut costs. And going into this year, there's going to be a lot of owners. I think I saw a report that uh, 17 teams and counting are looking to cut costs and salaries going into next season. So if the Islanders are one of those teams and it remains to be seen, I would imagine that they are, they're not the biggest hockey market. Uh, maybe they are going to be interested in, in moving a guy like uh, Ryan Pula or not interested in moving him, but if somebody comes knocking and gives them just too much money, what are they going to do? You know, they, they can't really do anything. Is he an RFA? I haven't really checked to see. Yeah, he is. He... Him, and, him and Barzell are both RFAs. Oh, that's a lot of money that they're going to have to give, and this is not a year that you want to be giving money away. Man, And that's if I'm the Islanders, one. you can't – you have to you have to prioritize Matt Barzell because if you lose John Tavares and Matt Barzell yeah. over the course of two years, like, you're – fan base is gone. You're <laughs> like, handing Barzell like, a blank <laughs> check. Like, let's be honest. Like, he's getting a blank check. You say, hey, whatever you think is fair, like, we'll – we're signing that deal. 
Like, I think that's going to happen. But can they do that to both Pulak and Barzell? Like, they did sign Noah Dobson, a good young defenseman who could maybe take Pulak's place. Like, I know that they're yeah. different handedness, but in terms of being, uh, you they're know, actually a top not. Def- isn't uh, Dobson a lefty? No, they're both righties. Oh, well, there you go. Perfect. So he takes over for for Pulak. Perfect. There you go. I like that one. That's a good one. Um, Thanks. One for me, and I, I think that the Leafs, because what they've done in the past, and this is not the best year for them to be able to do this, but trading bonus-laden players for salaried guys. So if they could take advantage and do some one-for-one moves of guys who are um, making money, but you know, in actual dollars and trade some away the guys who they signed and gave signing bonuses to, which means that their actual dollars are less than their cap hit. So, for example, a guy like Johnson and Kerfoot, they both signed, uh, you know, for a three and a half million dollar cap hit, but they have one million dollar signing bonus, which has already been paid out to them. So they only will have to pay them, whichever team gets them, just a, sh- a shade over three million or two and a half million bucks. So if you trade out a guy, and that's a way that you save money, right? So I'm thinking a team like Florida, right? There is some rumblings out there that they are willing to cut a bunch of salary. Or Phoenix, a team, Phoenix, wow, what is this, 2011? (laughs) Arizona, who's looking to shed some salary and possibly get their internal cap to below $70 which is concerning. A guy like like Oliver Ekman Larson, and I understand the Leafs are going to have to move around some other cap to make something like this happen, clearly. But a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson, who is making, you know, like $4 million a year or uh, $8.5 million a year, that is maybe appetizing to Arizona, right? No, I, for sure. Honestly, I didn't realize guys like uh, like Kerfoot and Yonathan actually had bonuses in their contract. I know like yep. the big, big guys on the Leafs did, but it kind of makes sense the Leafs would structure a lot of their contracts well, in that way. Freddie Anderson. So, so that's the way. It, that, yeah. But Freddie Anderson. So I, I've talked about this on my on this podcast multiple times. I, I spent a, for the better part, probably about a week almost talking about the goalie market and what it means for Anderson, <laughs> what they could do moving forward. And that was kind of my time to talk about that uh, for, for basically an entire week, a couple weeks back. But, you know, one of the things that, that I kind of noticed when I was doing a little bit of my research is that Anderson's $5 million contract, $4 million of it was signing bonus, which means he's only owed another million next year, which makes that extremely valuable to these cap teams. So you have a team who's going to be looking for goalies. And we know a lot of teams that are going to be looking for goalies. I'm thinking Carolina or um, yeah, Carolina, uh, Calgary, um, Colorado, Edmonton, and all these teams are, are probably looking to cut salaries. I'm especially looking at a team like Carolina and, uh, and Calgary. So, that makes that so much more valuable, and that's a way just to, to flex your financial muscles. And you take on a, a contract that has either less of an AAV or uh, a contract that has the same AAV but is in pure salary because the Leafs just have so much money being owned by a corporation like MLSE. Honestly, it does not matter for them. They're willing to put money into this product if it gives them an, an, an upper hand and an advantage, and it clearly uh, they have an opportunity to do that this year by doing said moves or trying to do these types of moves. 
Yeah, I think, to be fair, I think this is kind of like something the Leafs had always planned on using. Like, it's not like COVID changed their, no, but, like, so, the reason, like, they, they, they did the bonuses to do that in the first place. Right, but, but here's like, the difference. Here's the difference. But teams are way more likely to buy it now, exactly. right? That's, I think that's the key, right? It's more the other teams that are are making this easier because they can go out, and, and let's not even talk about just trading away salaries for salaries, but... Like, I'm thinking of a guy who's making full money. You know, I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head. I probably should have looked into it a little bit more. Let's pull up Cap Friendly, and I'll just pick pick a team. Pick a random team, and I'll take a look and, and see who we got. Pick a random team. Uh, Minnesota. All right, so let's go take a look at Minnesota, who actually just took on some salary themselves. Um, so we'll take a look at Minnesota. And let's see some of their guys who are making straight cash. So signing bonuses. So guys who are making straight cash. So um, let's take a look at, well, they don't really have anybody good that I would really care to go out and get. But let's look at their defense. Okay. So Matt Dumba, actually, perfect. Matt Dumba is a guy who has no signing bonus and is getting paid straight cash this season. And that's going to be $4.8 million, right? So I don't yep. know if they're going to be looking to move out Matt Dumba at that price tag because that's actually a really, really nice. good price tag. Sorry, <laughs> no, his cap hit's not that. It's cap hit's $6 I thought million. it was 6 It is $6 million, but he's only getting paid four point eight. That's what it's costing him. But anyway, okay. so so that's $4.8 million. Uh, they could try and move that out and save that money. And by doing so, you know, I think that the Leafs could move out one of their contracts that is making less money, but a similar cap hit to try and make it all all work out. And the reason why I say this, well, why are these teams going to do that? Well, their owners are making them sell guys off. It's like, I don't care what you do. To be honest, you need to get under this cap. And if that means moving on from a guy like Matt Dumbo or a guy like Jonas Brodeen, and so be it, right? Jared Spurgeon, another guy on, on this team. So be it. That's what we have to do in order to get to the to get to where we want. I look at Jared Spurgeon, who, oh my goodness, is actually making $9 million in salary this year. Holy smokes. That might be something that they might want to move on from. And I like Jared Spurgeon. He's making D quite a bit of money at seven and a half, but um, you know what I mean? Like trades like that uh, would benefit the least. And those just, you know, a decently creative way, I think for them to, uh, to try and make some changes for the better for this team. Yeah, no, that's actually a pretty, like, it makes sense. Like, that's what they do. That's the Leafs. <laughs> exactly. That's their plan. Like, so, that has to be in their, in their plan. Like, they have to be working something, some sort of angle with those. Like, it's just, they have to be. That's what hear, they have to do. Let me hear your other um, idea that you thought of. Yeah, so the other one I had of, like, something we don't really see a lot of. I mean, like, you see it sometimes, but not a lot, but, like, a sign in trade. Like, I think there's a decent chance there's like a real, like, decent sign in trade, especially for a team like the Leafs who don't have a ton of tap space. So, like, to bring in a free agent, I think essentially they would have to deal someone out in the process. Whether it's an RFA, whether it's a UFA, I think it's probably a little more likely to be an RFA because we usually see a little more of that with the RFA sign in trades. But I think this weird year out of all years is probably one of the most likely to do like a ufa sign and trade i think just because of like the weirdness of the world <laughs> yeah but i don't know like an rfa ufa sign and trade i think that's that's definitely in the cards i think that's definitely something the leafs would be working an angle towards getting and i think that's some and 
again, like I know I did the offer sheet on Pulak, but I think Pulak's also another target for something like that. But also like I could definitely see a world where the Leafs were trying to would try and do a sign and trade with Alex Petrangelo as well. So so work me through that. How do you think that would work? Um, well, I think the Leafs would obviously want to negotiate with Alex Petrangelo beforehand <laughs> uh, because well, you would yes, have, to. They have to be okay and then, with the contract, clearly. And if they want to sign Petrangelo, I just don't see a world where they can do it without moving salary out. And uh, I feel it, like that might be a Nylander situation. And I know that's a pretty, I know that's kind of a lot to pay for a guy you can get for free. Well, that's what but, I mean. Like, is that really worth it? Like, how does that really help the Leafs? If they can, you know, bring in Petrangelo and then they can move out Nylander, sure. But then they could also get an asset in return as opposed to just doing a one-for-one one when you don't have to do that. Like, instead, you move out a Nylander for a first-round pick or whatever. You'll probably get more than a first for that's what we got for Kapanen. But, you know, for simplicity of this conversation, you sign Petrangelo and then you trade or, or St. Louis signs Petrangelo, trades him to you for Nylander. Okay, you got Petrangelo, but now you don't have Nylander. Or you could just sign him onto your team and then also trade Nylander for a first-round pick. Now you have Petro and a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes a little more that, sense that I way. I, I think the <laughs> signing trade, but but I had a signing trade idea as well, but it works a little differently. I, I'm I'm on the opposing side. I'm more of like St. Louis, and here's where I think it could work. And, and let's just use, I don't want to use Petrangelo because Petrangelo signs with Toronto, and they trade him, then, you know— the Leafs nation will revolt. I guarantee you that. So let's take a look at another one of these UFA guys, and maybe let's look at the goaltending market. Let's look at Jacob Markstrom, perhaps, um, who also probably would revolt. So maybe we'll use uh, Brayden Holpe. So we'll use Brayden Holpe, for example. And let's say Calgary really wants Brayden Holpe, but they just don't have, uh, they can't compete with the type of, of offers that are being thrown out there. Um, and Calgary says, look, we just don't have the money. We can't give you the signing bonus that you're asking for. I'm sorry. So then what happens is Toronto gets on the horn, and they say, hey, look, we can afford to pay these bonuses and and pay this money. Our issue, realistically, at the end of the day, is we just won't be able to get cap compliant. But if we sign this player and then trade him to you and you give us something in return— now I think that's where it gets a little interesting. You ever played NHL and do this where, you know, you're trying to acquire some more picks or players, and you darn well know every year when when Steven Stamkos hits the free agency, you don't need him on your team, but you go out and you sign him. an offer him. anyways. Exactly, and then you get him, and you're like, cool, now I have a great trade chip, and you trade him by the offseason. So <laughs> this is silly, obviously. I do not expect this to happen I don't even know if this is legal. I know that the Saints tried to do something like this. Uh, was a date with uh, Jadavian Clowney in the NFL, which is kind of what gave me this little idea. So what they tried to do was they contacted Cleveland and said, hey, if you sign him, pay him these bonuses, we'll trade you a second-round pick if you trade us Clowney. So essentially they picked up a second-round pick. They paid cash for a second-round pick. So this is basically what I'm saying here for Toronto, right? So they acquire, uh, you know, Alex Petrangelo. They sign him, and they sign him to a heavy bonus latent deal early in his career, right? So that first year is heavily bonus laden, and then you ship that off to whatever team wants Holpe. Let's let's use Calgary. They want Holpe. 
And in return, you say, okay, well, we want an asset back, obviously, and now you start to discuss what you want in return. And you could get, I don't know, maybe a Sam Bennett in return. Uh, possibly this is a, an opportunity to, to check in and ask for a Noah Hannafin. I don't know if they're going to be willing to give that up, but, you know, there, there's... T.J. Brody. Well, he's a UFA. Again, you can just go pick him up oh, anyways. Yeah, they're right, both Brody's UFAs. UFA. Yeah, him and... Uh, I didn't know Brody was UFA. Brody and Hammonick, both UFAs. I knew Hammonick was. I didn't know Brody was, but that makes sense. Yeah, uh, according to Cat Friendly. <laughs> so... You know what I mean? So I think that the Leafs can use their willingness to spend money to acquire assets, whether that be, you know, draft picks or whether that be through, uh, you know, cheaper players, I guess, but guys who can play for their team now that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get because then they would have to part with pieces that they currently have. Or as if they can sign, you know, a really good goaltender and trade them away and get the assets back in return for paying that first year for paying that heavy signing bonus. I think that's going to be attractive to teams who are looking to compete, but at the same time, the owners just can't afford to spend the money. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a cool idea. I think that's interesting, but I also think it's very greasy. hundred <laughs> oh, percent. But another like to, word for I don't greasy, know, to agree to terms with the player and then move him up, move on from him immediately. Oh, okay, like, hold on, hold on. The, the I mean, I'm not involved. saying they wouldn't they the, wouldn't go the route of negotiating with the player and telling him that was going to be upfront with them and yes, tell him that was going to be the plan. Involved. But like the player is well aware, like when you're signing with the Leafs, but you're really signing to play with Team X, whoever you know makes this happen. Right. So, you know, I don't think it's as greasy as you're making it seem. Really, I think it's the a little play- greasy. Who's it greasy for? It's a, it's win, a little win, greasy win. to who? I don't know. It it's just a seems win, win, win. The Leafs get an asset for using their their they're flexing their financial muscles. The team gets a player that they otherwise were not going to be able to get because they were asking for too much of a signing bonus because obviously players want to get paid and the player is getting a signing bonus, a pretty big one up front so that they can get money in what is right now considered uh, a, a curious financial time. Like, nobody knows what's going on, right? So I think it's a win-win-win, and everybody is happy. I think I think it's as greasy as Tampa getting to sign all of their superstar players for, like, $8 billion. It's, I think it's <laughs> equally greasy as that. Well, you call it greasy. I call it creative. I call it greasy. The only other thing that I can think of, uh, and and please, if you guys think of something, tweet at us at Lockdown Leafs, at Mickey Canuck, at Brandon, uh, or was it BCAMS222? B underscore Cameron222? Brandon underscore Cameron. Sorry, B underscore. I forgot my Twitter handle. Nice. B underscore Cameron222. Shout out to us and and let us know if you thought of something else that maybe the Leafs could do uh, in the future uh, throughout this offseason to kind of flex those financial muscles and try and better their team. The only one that I think is an obvious is maybe trade for an LTIR candidate. Now, I don't know if that'll be as beneficial this season as it has been in the past, uh, but a couple of guys who are out there, Ryan Kessler, he's got two more years left on his deal, not going to be playing. Uh, again, the Leafs could maybe ask for a, a stud defenseman in return um, from from Anaheim, potentially Marion Hosa, who I believe he got traded again, didn't he? He's what, Arizona now? 
I, I think, think he's in Arizona. I, last I, last I remember, he's in Arizona. <laughs> so Arizona, uh, he's got one more year left on his deal. They could ask for for something in return there. So I think that's the the only you know I, I don't want to call that one that creative because that's something that actually has has been done quite a bit. Um, but that is one other way that the Leafs can can kind of take advantage of some of these cap teams and uh, and and help their team overall. Yeah, I think there. I think there's some like creative things, and I think just this summer in particular, or I guess it's not summer; it's the fall. I'm just used to saying this summer. Yeah, I, know. I just, I just, it kind of seems like this is probably the off season where some weird things are going to happen. Just because I don't know the way the world works in 2020. <laughs> I think <laughs> just this summer seems like weird things be, are going to happen. I feel like this summer proves to be the biggest opportunity for the Leafs to really. Um, kind of flex their muscles on other teams this year more than than any other year. So let's see if they do it. We'll see. Uh, all right, we'll leave it right there. I think uh, that was a really good, uh, really good conversation. That was a lot of fun. Um, maybe we'll see one of these tactics tactics done, whether it's a, a an RFA uh, signing an offer sheet, whether it's a sign and trade, whether, you know, you use that greasy move you called it. I think it's a creative way to acquire assets <laughs> uh, or it's trading for one of these LTIR candidates. We'll see if something ends up happening uh, throughout the fall, not the summer, but the fall. Um, Okay, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Yep, that's right. We put out a new show every day, Monday through Friday. So check back again tomorrow for your another episode of a Leafs pod. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs and uh, follow Brandon at B underscore 222. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked on NHL podcast for myself and four other Locked on hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, keep locked right here on Locked on Leafs.